That was my hair. Looks like shit. All right. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. We're super excited to get back on another episode. We've been, I think it was two days ago, uh, we were like, yeah, we got a podcast tomorrow. And because we usually do it on Tuesdays and we didn't do it yesterday. So, yeah, today's <laughs> Wednesday, and but we're going to get it. And we, we got a soccer game in like what? An hour. No, not even an hour. Not uh, like three hours. Yeah, so we got finals. Yeah, semifinals for a team I haven't played for. You played once. Oh, I played once. Okay, yeah. So, but anyway, we're going to catch a dub later. But first. We'll keep you updated with that because yeah. then that means next week is the finals. So. Yeah, hopefully we can get some money. Do we get, do we get money? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I there we go. So. Stakes are high. Yeah, stakes are high. But yeah, this is what? Po- are bigger. Podcast number five? Yachtcast number four. I think so. Four. All right, yeah, podcast yeah, number four. Yachtcast four. Dude, we're not even mid- Four of a thousand. Numbers, number four of you're at least a thousand. Me, you're going to cap <laughs> me to a thousand, bro? No, I'm not going to that. Yeah, four but... Four out of... <laughs> <laughs> 60,000. But anyway, uh, yeah, podcast number four. Uh, today we're going to be talking about college, uh, a little bit about UNCA because that's where we go to school. Uh, I feel like we have a lot to say about UNCA. We're both seniors now, so we have like some experience and shit under our belt. But um, yeah, I think to start it off, we were just going to talk about like uh, kind of how we got to UNCA. Now, if you guys don't know, it's in Asheville, North Carolina. University of North Carolina at Asheville. Asheville. Yeah, okay, that that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so why don't you kick us off and get us started? I didn't know if you were asking me that, like, as I start speaking about (laughs) my experience or, like, I ask you a question. Yeah, how'd you get here? How'd you get Um, here? So I got here, so I, like, Powers and I both play collegiate soccer, and we played our four years. Um, not here. I I played my four years here. Yeah. You you will explain your own like little situation. With yeah, my like, journey was a windy one. Yeah, especially <laughs> in the beginning. Ups and downs. Um. So, I I from fucking when I was little, I was been playing soccer, and uh, I think it was like freshman year. Um, I started actually like looking into like going to freshman college. year of high school yeah freshman yeah. year of high school my bad yeah. um i started actually thinking about college because like that was never in my mind like growing up um never in your mind you nah. you you're, did your parents talk about it um no not really it really? wasn't it wasn't until we got the idea of college and like knowing and learning a little bit about it that they were like you're going to college and yeah. i was like all right in my mind i was always gonna play footy my mind, yeah. like, that was the only thing I was going to do and always, the biggest thing I was going to strive for. Yeah. Like, in high school, I got out of class um, and went straight to practice. Yeah. I lived an hour 15 to an hour 30 away from where I usually practice, which was at the Colorado Rapids. And so I was, I was on the travel, like, every day. And the first year I got on to the Colorado Rapids team was – my U eleven, yeah. So from ten years old, like I was going from U ten to U eighteen, like, yeah, eight to nine years. So I I would leave school early, and my parents would sign me a note saying like, "Yo, he's leaving at this time. He's getting picked up at this time," and they were straight with it. And then when it came to high school, we had block open block periods. Like, yeah, I always put him at the end of the day, so like I can 
dip early, leave early with training. no consequences, yeah. go to training. And so I always had trainings. I prospered quite a bit in the soccer. Uh, I went onto this ODP Olympic Development Program. Yeah, I don't think really. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't, no, I didn't play ODP, but a lot of my homies did, and they. It seems sick, but like I just never. I feel like I didn't really have the resources. Like my parents could hook me up with yeah. it. But yeah, everyone's always like flexing their ODP resources. shit. Like yeah, I mean. Wasn't it free? I'm not sure, but, like, just also in terms of, like, travel and stuff and my parents having time uh, to, like, get yeah. me around and stuff. Like, with club soccer, that was pretty much, like, all my parents could handle. Yeah, so, right. and club yeah. soccer, club soccer is, like... Club soccer is still straight. It's straight. It Like, it's obviously not, like, the best situation you could mm-hmm. be in. Like, obviously, if your team's competitive, you can play, like, in great tournaments and leagues and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about ODP, but I feel like it died off. It did uh, die later. off once uh, Development Academy got into play, and then it, it kind of just quickly just went. Yeah. Because the Development Academy was like supported by U.S. soccer, so it was like, yeah. why do this program that you can do this program that is actually can get you somewhere in a way? Because it it was supported by U.S. soccer. Yeah. Um. So in that process, though, I was like fourteen, like before we're kind of starting my freshman year in high school I went and I was on the regional team and our head coach that we were under for four years he was the director of our region and I mean he saw me play he was at our games and trainings and whatsoever like he was he was all about it like I mean our region like that was his job like then when it came closer to the time to choosing a school he hit me. Uh, he saw me at a tournament. Not one hundred percent sure if I even contacted him or anything, but he sent me an email, basically being like, "Hey, do you remember me? This is my school. I just got the position as a head coach over here. Like, look into it." Yeah. Send him a quick me- email and be like, "I kind of do remember you." So, is this I, your first connection? No, I've had multiple connections, but okay. I was like just focusing on like the the actual. conversation but um so i responded to him quickly and i first at first i honestly i read the email skimmed through it and i saw Asheville, and i thought i read alabama Alabama. bro and i was like (laughs) who wants to go to alabama i I was like yeah i'll look into it but in my mind i was like fuck that what the fuck alabama hell no like what especially as a hispanic yeah going to alabama i'm like but then he calls me mm-hmm. like minutes, three to four minutes, like yeah. right after I sent that email, and he's like, "How's your recruiting process going right now? Like, how is it? Like, who are you talking to? Blah 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 blah." And it's going off, and then he was just like, "I want to get you on a visit. I want you to come here. I have uh, what are your grades?" So he was so pressing like, you pretty was, hard, pretty quickly. Like, kind of like, and he. We got into the conversation of getting to this visit, and I was completely down for it. Um, then he, like, backed away from it, saying, like, oh, I only give the visits to people that are going to 95%, like, already commit me. <laughs> and I was like, I live, like, 1,500 miles away. Yeah, he, he like, pushed you to make a big decision. Yeah, and I was like, I, but I, I kind of pushed back. I was like, I live this far away. Like, I'm going to visit first. Yeah. Before I make that decision, 
and he was just like, okay, he understood that, and then he, um, then I had the visit, it was, I had an amazing time, like, yeah. I, I didn't do anything extraordinary or whatever, but, like, you were just blowing, like, catching the vibes of Asheville yeah, and UNC Asheville and stuff, completely. yeah, enjoyed the team, enjoyed hanging out, like, with everyone here, the environment, the nature, like, everything about it, yeah, because, and then, like, a week later, I went to another visit in San Francisco, and it was chill. Like I liked it, and I liked it um, quite a bit. But I was like, there was just something there that I was like, turned off by. I, kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I was just kind of like, no, like that that other place, you liked Asheville. Asheville a lot I was like, yeah, yeah, that place for sure. Like, yeah, probably because this I is the most laid back place, like, yeah, in the fucking country. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I fuck with it. And then, yeah. like, so our head coach was like, yo, like, what's up? What's your decision? What's your decision? And he started pressing me because this visit was, like, in October or something. And uh, signing day for soccer collegiate athletes is not until February. Yeah. And I told him straight up, like, like, my brother's had terrible experiences with, like, going to college and whatsoever and uh, in trouble with head coaches, like, I'm going to take my time with yeah. this decision and whatsoever. And, like, I was telling every single college coach that I was talking to the same thing. And everyone, you just want time. Everyone was about it. Like, everyone was fine with it. Um, he was, too. It's crazy because, like, a, a lot of our teammates, I asked them, and he was just like, you got till three weeks or two weeks. Yeah. I was really not pressed about it. Like, he was pressing me at first because he wanted to get, like, that process going whatsoever. But, like, once I told him, I was just like, I really dig your school. I'm still going to sit on it. I'm liking the scholarship money. I'm still going to sit on it. Like, Well, you know, what's the, you know what I feel like is the hardest part about the process is you, like, the coach is pressing you pretty hard to make a decision. And even, even if he gives you two weeks, three weeks, that might – yeah, that's a long time compared to, like, a day. But at the same time, with head coaches, you have no idea what kind of person you're going to be up against and be dealing with. Like, this is going to be your source of authority for four years, and they have a lot of power over you for the entire four years, especially when money is involved. You are basically, like, on a leash, <laughs> on a rope. Like, yeah, it's not it's not an easy decision to make, especially because the head coach can look – like roses in the beginning just fun and games and he can sell you and promise you things and make everything look amazing but until you get into it until like there's ups and downs bad days and stuff like that you don't know how the coach is going to react and that's why i feel like it can be unfair to be pressing someone so hard to make a decision also if they're pressing you super hard to make a decision they seem impatient then that could be saying something about the school. That could be saying something about their recruiting process. That could say something about them as a coach. Maybe people are turning them down and they're like scrambling to get people. So like, it's just, you gotta be aware of every detail. I mean, stuff like that though, like knowing about their program, scrambling, like people dipping and all that. Like you don't really know that though when you're like as a high schooler. Like, exactly going into college and looking like there's nothing on their page 
Twitter, Instagram. You're usually say, going in blind. Like, yeah, none of that says like these kids are transferring. Two kids are transferring whatsoever. Like, there's nowhere that says that shit. So there's like, even if like per se you wanted to know, you can't find out unless like you hit up someone on the team and be like, yo, so like. Yeah. Anyone leaving other yeah. than the seniors? Because, like, you know, there should be yeah. a thing. I swear there should be a thing called rate my coach. Like, <laughs> like that, rate, rate my, my professor. professor. Like, honestly, be because... Yeah, that'd be fine. Dude, because t- I'm telling you, like... You'd get the real, real thing. honest feedback yeah. about everything. Because, like, for me, like, our head coach, like, when he was our regional director, like, he was fine. Like, he was chill. Like, he was... He was always a man in the, uh, in the sidelines because we had our regional. He was the regional director. We had our regional coach, uh, assistant, and whatsoever. So he he was there as the director, and I think he handled more the logistics side of like ODP and whatsoever. But like, okay, so, he, I didn't I didn't yeah. see him as a coach, and I didn't really see him as a person because he was more like overshadowing things. Yeah, yeah, and when we had like big kind of events, as in like. Uh, speeches or whatsoever like he was the one that talked and then introduced the people that were coming in or like yeah. called people down for when we did a war he was just like running like the show yeah like he was just yeah he, I mean he was a director like yeah. he wasn't the coach but and then like that person to when we were the head coach or when he was our head coach different guy yeah and I like there was like no way where I could have caught that vibe like and like be like ah I saw this vibe from this experience. Like you were too, he was too yeah. far out of the circle to like catch yeah. that vibe. So for like someone who's in high school right now, people who are in our shoes, players that are trying to look for schools and are in this process, I guess there's got to be some really important tips for them. Because when I felt like when I was in this process, for one, I had a, obviously a different scenario than you, but like of the offers that I had, I was like, I was so unsure of what I wanted to do. I was worried about how the team would be. And like, you can go on visits and get like kind of an idea, but you can't go on unlimited visits. Like there's only so much money that you can Bro, spend. But like, even if you could, even if the world provides you unlimited visits, like everything the school does from the moment you get there is them just sugarcoating the shit out of their selves. Yeah, you see... So, like, you you don't see the honest shit of the school, like... And, like, per se, even if someone did give you the honest feedback, though, like, how are you going to say... How are you... How am I going to read or hear someone's feedback, let's say, here in Asheville, very populated white populated like caucasian yeah. like community yeah. how am i gonna get a female black girl to give me their honest, honest feedback, feedback and yeah. give me a good grasp of the community and the good feel of everything yeah like it's there's a just a huge different perspective about it and yeah. like so like even that like it's so hard to like even grasp on like how this how that school is yeah it's also interesting that like part of the mission statement of UNCA has diversity in it. And so, yeah, at the front, UNCA is a school that is centered around diversity and liberal arts and inclusion. But at the same time, yeah, there might be a diversity of personalities and definitely a difference There's of personalities. Definitely is that. Uh, but 
it's definitely there's I think, a theme throughout the school and it's like I, I don't want to sh- I don't want to shit on the school or anything because it's just like the way it is but like if you're not ready to be open-minded and you're not ready to work around and with people that are completely different than you this is not a school for you and also when you get when you get a tour here from someone and it's funny because we see tours now or like when i'm walking around on campus i see tours all the time i'm j- i just listen sometimes and just watch the body language of the person who's giving a tour and they're like ah, and i'm like all right like i wish i could just give these people an accurate like so you don't get you don't get the 100 yeah. percent full picture whenever you're getting a tour or whenever you're on a visit to a school you Im- just don't imagine your monotone ass be like there's a library there's a library i don't really go in there <laughs> there's a computer science lab i go in there yeah <laughs> oh there's a vr lab in there it's really cool it's i use it cool. sometimes uh, i play soccer but they, that's they, it they have a 3d printer <laughs> <laughs> it can build you a wrench yeah. <laughs> But no, like I agree though. Like yeah. there is a huge kind of certain population that's here. Yeah, and I think Di- Asheville should change that. That they're not diverse, but like even though they try to be, and then they're one hundred percent willing to be. I feel like, yeah. but like the just the attributes that they have isn't really appealing to most other communities. Yeah. Like african-american communities or hispanic communities or asian or whatsoever yeah. like it's just literally most of it is just people that are open-minded like people yeah. that are really open-minded and artistic definitely like type people they are here and then they come to Asheville. But, but there's there's another side of that coin of like open-mindedness open-minded mindedness and also like Dude, we we gotta talk about the politics of UNCA too, because, dude, a huge portion of the population is very liberal. Oh yeah, democratic. I mean, Asheville, Asheville in general, for the people that know, is literally a an oasis, liberal, like, like a, a liberal, a, a liberal spot. oasis. Yeah, and it's just like this little little, little tiny blue (laughs) yeah dude just go look at a map of like the political affiliation distribution of western north carolina Mm -hmm. it's like and unc Asheville is an embodiment of how Asheville is as a whole i mean honestly but i mean at the same time we say people do seem open-minded at this school because everything looks so like everyone's so different and all that kind of thing but in general and we have friends that are very Republican, very conservative. I would say there's not really an open-mindedness towards conservative viewpoints. Would you disagree with me? That is 100% true. Yeah, no. And I think I think one of it is, like, that's 100% true, but, like, it's hard in a way for those individuals to even realize that yeah they they believe that they like those individuals with those mindsets and i'm not saying every single person that is liberal is like this but like some people are so stubborn about their mindsets and their points of views and perspectives that they don't know when like they're trying to talk about their points and tell their opinions or when they're imposing their 
trying to like shit on and put down the others and whatsoever. Yeah. Same thing with like the Republic side. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. And at that point, I think it's a sense of maturity on like yeah. who's speaking and how yeah. you're going about like saying your shit and whatsoever. Yeah, I mean. But that is definitely a huge thing in our school. Yeah. And I think like definitely like for me, like I go around and when it comes to conversations on that like note I don't say anything yeah because I'm like one I'm not hugely into politics so I can't really like say my things and like when I like to like say something I like to feel literate feel yeah I like to feel (laughs) literate and know like what I'm kind of saying but like also like even if I give a slight opinion I feel like a lot of people are gonna just shit on you're gonna me, get heat look down upon it or yeah. whatsoever and i'm like because basically i feel like if you have a more conservative viewpoint at this school and you do speak your mind you got to be ready to like just take a bunch of heat because it, it seems like and we've seen like protests and stuff at unc Asheville, and it's almost like this weird thing where it's just like a group of people just like all trying to gun together you know what i mean like like tribal it's like tribal (laughs) so if you speak out against it like you got to go against the tribe 100 percent, and that's like that's like the shitty part about it too because it's like they just feel more power like obviously anyone is gonna feel like that like if i'm saying something and i'm like oh yeah and then you come back me up i'm like oh yeah 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 and then like there's a fucking gang we're just yeah and you know what i you know what i think it may be too is i personally feel like i just have a gut feeling about this but i feel like those people who are like gunning in the like those viewpoints where they're tribal and they're all just like let's like pitchfork type shit and like let's go after them it's almost like that's a way of for them to like gain some sort of power with each other and it might be like individuals who come to unc Asheville, like maybe they're a little bit powerless before they come to unc Asheville, and like maybe mm-hmm. they've been they've caught some heat when they were like younger and being like them trying to find themselves to so they come point out their opinion yeah themselves. so they come here and then it's like they're getting maybe like a revenge revenge yeah Yeah. and so everyone who comes to unc ash not everyone but like it seems like in general the theme is people who are coming to get revenge come to unc Asheville, and then they they can all band together and be like a collective group so everyone it's like these disbanded people come together and they're disbanded together so it's a disbanded (laughs) group yeah. And they like unite over that. That's UNCA, it, like <laughs> politically wise, like demographically tell me, wise. Tell if me you if ask this me. has ever happened to you here at UNCA. It's a little like obviously still about UNCA, but like not about politics. But we have a lot of like wherever you there should be or is a trash can, like there's also a recycling compo. bin and not a compost. compost. Not com- or is there no, a compost? Is, I think it's like trash can, compost, compost. recycling. Yeah, bin. I think yeah. you're right. So <laughs> everywhere there is a trash can or should be, all them shits are there. Well, also all sustainability is in the mission statement, so I guess that's another one. Okay. Well, so. but this is what. Okay. I, oh, I you're about to spin this? Okay. I mean, what do you get scheduled? I'm interested to hear this. I'm 100% about okay. it. Uh-huh. Except for, like, in that kind of perspective of recycling compost and trash i guess i'm maybe just mentally challenged by it but like i don't know what goes where oh yeah me neither so like 
I'm scared sometimes to put things in certain yeah, things. I was bro. thinking about that the other day. So sometimes to I just default today, to the trash bro. can. Really? Sometimes I just default to the trash can because I'm like, if I, I put this in here and one of these like fucking tribesmen shits on me, oh, dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be ready for this bro, heat. This happened to me today. I, fuck, I don't know what I had. Uh, I think it was like I crumpled some plastic or some mm-hmm. shit and I crumpled it and I was like walking to the compost and like it felt like a movie. I was like, oh God. <laughs> go i'm like thinking about it this whole time i'm like is it trash is it recyclable it's plastic recyclable like i was like what the fuck like just like second guessing myself and then i i just crumpled it so much that like you really couldn't see it in my hand so no one sees it and i stuck my hand (laughs) in the trash can so like when i released it no one can really see it and i just let go of it and i just walked away but like Cause you, didn't, know, bro, cause you didn't want to get shit on. Yeah, I was scared that someone, like, someone yeah. would be like, ooh, 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 recycle, no. It's almost and like, like it, Whoa, it's almost like, I didn't know. Like, yeah. that's the thing, though. Like, they shit on me, and I'm like, but yeah. I didn't know. Because like, if you're not, if do? you're not on their level of, like, progressivism or, like, yeah. liberalism, yeah. they like, you're going to get judged. Like, basically, when you come to UNCA, I feel like, and this is another thing. Okay, this is another huge, huge, huge thing at UNCA. <laughs> And you get it at the beginning of every time you start a new semester and you start new classes is what? You got to go over pronouns. You have to go over pronouns. And you know what? I'm like, I'm not even afraid to put my personal opinions out or whatever. Like, so I'm like open to do that. But I think there can be some trickery around the pronoun thing because there's two sides to that argument. But you, at UNCA, it's a huge thing where, like, do you really have the ability to not adopt, uh, you know, gender pronouns and stuff like that? I, I don't think there's any choice here. No, there isn't. There really isn't. Because they, they, like, force you in a way to be respectful and follow these criterias around, like, the, saying the proper yeah. pronouns and whatsoever because... Because, well, first of all, I'll say on day one, I didn't get to that. On day one, when you get into the class and you start doing your icebreaker type stuff for everyone in the class, you got to say, hi, my name's Austin Howard, uh, pronouns, he, him, whatever the fuck. And everyone in the classroom has to do that. What about if you're that person or some of those people in there who just feel weird about the pronoun thing, like, is it okay that they just like have to be subjected to it or have to adopt it? See, that's tricky. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because like, then it and then it falls back onto like what is actual being open minded. Yeah. So, but you're not being open minded to these people that don't want to follow exactly. that kind of criteria, and that's how I think people that are uh, Republican kind of maybe probably feel when like the fucking tribe comes at you about like <laughs> their stuff like whatever yeah, like yeah but like i mean that is interesting i don't know like i, I like to me personally uh-huh. shit on me or not like i think it's pointless i think it's pointless to start the semester off saying going like yeah these are my pronouns whatsoever um also like 
tell you with a grain of salt. Like, I, I know I haven't been into in the experience where I identify as she, mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So, like, I don't fully understand their endeavors of, like, being accepted as she, yeah. her. But I don't see it as a big deal where I'm like, if first day, second day, or third day, he or she mm-hmm. is called on and is pronounced he or she, and then why can't she just be like, actually, I prefer to be called this. Yeah, because it, for time, some reason, for some reason, it's too taboo, or like, like I, I it's too like, like I, oh, we don't, we don't want to have to make someone. But it'd be like, it should be like calling someone the wrong name, and it's like, yeah. oh, actually, my name is this. If you, but there's too much sensitivity yeah. around it. Or if it's like, oh, Francisco, oh, no, just call me Frank. Yeah. Just call me because this, because and I feel like, like I you I feel like you would agree too and I think this is what you just said to a personal T person to person like that's fine do your thing but when it starts to become established in the institution that's what I'm trying to give my opinion on I don't like that it's being established in the institution and adopted widely throughout the institution to the point where someone who has an opposing viewpoint is forced to adopt them it would be the same way if it was the other way around. The tribe being forced to do something that they want to do. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not... I feel bad. I feel bad using the tribe thing. I just... <laughs> yeah, it kind of has a negative connotation. It, it has a negative connotation, but the same way, like, that's how it feels a little bit. And I want people to understand how the scene is at UNC Asheville. And it is very tribal, and there's... You know, and for there was one scenario that I think you know is funny as hell. But basically, we did an intramural soccer tennis tournament, and everyone chooses their own team names. And so you basically have, and you know, I'm not gonna expose this person, but so one of the t- one of the team names is uh, you know, he's, he's one of our friends, very Republican guy. He's goofy. He likes to make jokes and. Uh, but he's not really trying to shit on anyone, I don't think. He's he, just all f- kind of fun and I think games. He's more, more than anything, he's just like, he knows he's kind of the minority of, of like going and being against the tribe. Yeah. And he, but he's still proud and he 100% is proud of what he believes in and like yeah. what he goes for. So, like, he, he puts it on his chest and he like goes for it and he, and he takes all the blows and he's fine with it. Yeah. Um, but. So yeah, well, I mean, basically, what he named his team was Men for Trump, and this this is an intramural soccer tennis tournament with quite a bit of teams, quite a bit of people, and so there's a lot of there's a decent amount of eyes on these team names, and Men for Trump stuck out like a sore thumb in there because, dude, and you know, over the past couple of years, when you're in class, there you know there's those people in there who speak their mind about Trump and just like you know, shit on just super, super hard. And I feel like that's a at UNCA type of thing. So when he put Men for Trump as a team name, he got some heat. He, yeah, he got heat. heat. Yeah. I mean, he always gets heat for, like, the shit he believes in. And, like, this is kid. He's, like, a loud and, like, goofy kid. Likes to kind of, like, annoy people. Mm-hmm. So like He's I got a like- twisted sense of humor. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, like, like, I think when people talk to him, they're like, yeah, yeah, like, that's fine. 
Yeah, it's just Good it's food. just him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, mean, I almost said his name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but I think when it came into a bigger stage, um, and especially being with people like more outside community and like people that don't really know how like yeah. he is and how he jokes it and how looks bad. He is, like it was definitely like but but hold on like if you think about it it's like two massive things that like i like i keep wanting to yeah. say tribe but now i'm like i don't want to say because is tribe, is like, men for trump really that bad of a team name is it that offensive well, one it's a team name so i'm like yeah. who cares but who cares? like I, yeah. I don't know other people i guess but like yeah. like one men just why, why and men. to be honest just, just men, men just men can just the men thing can take a hit at UNCA can give can cause an uproar yeah and saying Trump is another just uh, uproar uproar so yeah <laughs> being men for Trump, Trump like yeah two uproars two big one. uproars especially at the time Trump thing was more fairly hot. new it was hot yeah so yeah. like it was definitely coming in with some heat about about it all so but what the crazy part is is when he tried to dap up you know someone else on another team like that person wouldn't even shake his hand just because of the team name and that that person shit on him right on the spot and treated him differently because he used men for trump as a team name like is that okay like can you know what i mean like is that just way too contradictory of a thing to because in my mind too and my thoughts about that is like well, like, people typically that are against Trump when they are very extra about, like, fuck Trump to, like, the 10,000 degree, yeah, they are, like, very, like, they say they are very open people and think about, like, more mm-hmm. about people and human beings at a, as, a whole. as a whole. Yeah. But that, in a way, you're not after a game especially in the soccer tennis tournament like once you got done out of respect and as a to keep it as a friendly manner everyone would say dap each other up good game good game yeah well this kid did not want to dap up um the men for trump Trump. (laughs) like he didn't want to dap up the team and then started disrespecting him verbally so like where where's that whole of like the holistic view yeah. of like humanity and people yeah all the people yeah you're just disrespecting someone because it's, it's like, like yeah. being inappropriate uh with your actions on also like not being respectful and not um honoring and valuing mm-hmm. like the fair play yeah. and just like poor manners yeah. like that's what it is and it, so it's like that's my biggest frustration with like the tribal group mm-hmm. of both sides yeah because it's not just it's like it's like not once just, you start shitting on someone because of their support it's like okay like you can shit on like the certain aspects of that side but you can't shit on someone just because they write something that's mm-hmm. related to a party mm-hmm. I feel like 100% well because it's like if you think about it like pull politics like typically if you're this or that like your your views on here or your views on that is because you believe that's the best way to go to run this place 
to have the best progressive United States. Yeah. And when we say in progressive United States, we're thinking about everyone. Yeah. So it is your opinion on how you think we should best support everyone here in the yeah, United States. it's everyone's opinion. So if I say my opinion is better and I'm going to shit on you, well, we're trying to figure out the best way to run United States, but yeah. like for everyone. But you're still going to shit on my home dude, even though like he's also that's, in that's the... That's what he's gunning for is... The... At, yeah, at the end of the day, we're all yeah. trying to figure out the best way to run the United States, but like now we're just going to fight each other for like those yeah. ideas and like and disrespect like, each other and stuff when in reality at the boil it's like a human to human interaction like yeah. you got to respect another human being mm-hmm. and that but the other funny thing that happened to him was he got a stern talking to you i mean oh, he, was, he got a stern talking to you from the administration did he not or he, a member of the administration yeah uh talking to about i think the league like because that was the intramural league that is like the intramural league for like i think like all colleges around uh-huh. the country so i think he got talked to by them yeah um he got talked to by um coach, coach. and i don't know if he got talked to specifically from our athletic director well, i'm sure they heard about it they did indirectly if not directly yeah i'm pretty sure they told our head coach who told him mm-hmm. and whatsoever but he did get quite a bit of backlash mm-hmm. and then also heat on social media. He, um, yep. Like the person that didn't tap him up yep. continued to criticize Flame and um, throw heat at him on social media, which caused basically to crack. the point where it was like, you're racist mm-hmm. and went down that whole Got more attention from other people that weren't yeah. even there, that didn't even know about yeah. it, and who also came in and That's the tribe. Heat. That's the tribe. That's exactly what the tribe he did, does. He did a little tribe call on social media. And, yeah. But I will say the message the message that he got, though, from our coach was positive, I think. At the same time, there was a weird twist to it. He said, like, yeah, go ahead. You know, you can have your own opinions. You can voice your own opinions. But it was almost more like he said something, and it may have been to the group, and I think it was one day when there were like some protests on campus and basically our coach was like, feel free, feel free to go and like speak your opinion and stand your ground. But he was like, you have a choice and like, do you want to bring eyes to you? Like, do you want to bring eyes to the program if you go like, like, like he come on, you just, like, yeah, was saying, like, don't go be your person, do your things, yeah. have your thoughts and your voice and your ideas. But at the same time, he was just like, but, like, don't. But, like, don't. But, like, it's okay. Like, listen to the majority or be quiet to the yeah, majority. Yeah, be quiet. Like, why do we the, co- the tribe's too hot. Like, yeah. just be cool. Which is, which is. Yeah, that's not fair. Which is in a way, like, which well, I think is not the best way to have a community. Um, as in, like. How 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 are you supposed how are you supposed to have a good community, um, if you are shunning and shutting people down in certain pers- in ideas and perspectives like as a community as a whole, like, especially a community that's riding on ideas like openness. diversity, openness, you know, sustainability, inclusion. Yeah fucking all that stuff but in reality there's a big contradiction at UNCA and I think the biggest way to get 
surpass all that and like to remove all that issues would be just a true sense of open-mindedness of knowing like you are trying to overpower this individual with your ideas and like big cock them yeah um like the open-mindedness of being that and not being stubborn about that and being mature enough to listen and not disrespect but also say your ideas and opinions yeah this is and that's a true way to do it but some people think they are more mature than they are and then they go to like no he's being immature let me be immature and bit cock you like what yeah i I mean that i think it's it was important to talk about this because Obviously, at UNC Asheville, the political scene seems to be, like, one of the most important things about the school, like, that people need to know when they come in. But, like, apart from the political scene, like, what are the upsides of UNC Asheville? Like, obviously, you were drawn to it. I went to a a school for one semester in Ohio and then transferred to UNC Asheville. So... But you're... you're Originally already from there. But I'm originally from Asheville. You were raised here. Mm -hmm. You went to high school like... So I know some... I I have a feel of what the things are that can pull people here. I have a feel of the positives of Asheville, the advantages of coming to UNC Asheville. One of which uh, I feel like is obviously Western North Carolina in general. Like... The scenery around here is really nice. This is a very touristy city. And, you know, it's weird because I'm a computer science major and there's not like a lot of huge tech scene here. But I think in general, Asheville's growing really rapidly. And it's because people think the mountains are beautiful. Western, like, uh, Asheville is amazing. Like, it is really beautiful. People are coming here to retire. Asheville's growing a shit ton. Like, where do you feel like, like, do you think UNC Asheville is going to just continue to grow as Asheville grows? Or do you think there'll just be, it'll be limited in order to keep this culture around like a smaller liberal arts school? Are you saying just grow as in the population size or grow as in like a progressive and a more like mature standing Asheville and university? Like, I just feel like UNC Asheville is not like, a super well-renowned school, but Asheville and Asheville is not a huge city, but Asheville is growing rapidly. Do you see UNCA being able to grow and attract more people, or do you feel like you know UNCA is kind of like bummy? Like I, I you th- think it just I stay think, how it is? No, I mean I think I think it is going to grow, and I think it would be illogical to think it would not, not grow, grow because like. If more people are going to be here, you always have the people who is like, oh, I'm just going to go to college next mm-hmm. door. Like, so you're always going to get those numbers. But at the same time, like, as the community here is growing, so are the suburbs. Just because, like, literally just Asheville in yeah. general is mm-hmm. just bringing more people. Yeah. Not straight to Asheville, but bringing them around. Yeah, to, and yeah, the cost around. of living is yeah. fucking insane mm-hmm. now. So people that are attracted to Asheville that have the means to stay here will come people that are attracted to Asheville that don't have necessarily the means mm-hmm. will still stay around closer yeah so like you still have those people that be like I'm 
gonna still go to Asheville. Yeah. So like I do think the the community will grow, and I think statistically like the like the entry rate and the number of students in Asheville has yeah not stopped growing yeah. for like years. So I do think like it will be a bigger school, but part of me is also like who knows because the capacity that the school has in regards to parking yeah. especially parking yeah. but also building wise like yeah i don't know if it will keep up because if you look at like our school it, like if they wanted to put another building because they need more space like yeah they don't really have i don't know where they're gonna really go. anywhere yeah. to go yeah um Unless they start knocking down big, big tree areas, which they started doing like right outside our apartments. But for parking, for parking, yeah. Yeah. Unless and like Asheville, the whole school kind of is a big ass roundabout, and all the classes classes are inside the circle. Everything else kind of outside of it is like sporting arena, um, dorms cafeteria houses houses parking yeah. like every the school buildings are inside the circle so unless they have like unless actual like kind of runs down like another apartment like yeah. maybe by the botans or whatever yeah. like and build like another circle or another area of like school yeah. buildings like classroom buildings like beside the verge apartments yeah. yeah well I think um a really important thing and I think this is good information for people to know about Asheville is yeah, Asheville is growing, but I think there could be a serious problem on the horizon for Asheville. And it's a problem right now. And that is like the income, not the income gap, but the wealth gap and Asheville is crazy because Asheville is centered around service and tourism. So the people who are, own the restaurants the breweries the tourism the historical everything that has to do with the tourism in Asheville those people are incredibly rich the people who work in the service industry do not make a lot of money that's different from you go somewhere like San Francisco or something where there's a lot of technology companies and stuff those people are working in tech companies and they're making uh, quite a bit of money or Charlotte even like those people are making quite a bit of money but in Asheville there's not like those tech companies where people are making good wages they're working in restaurants they're working in whatever it may be breweries and mo- shops most, stuff like that most of those jobs in like service industries like you're saying like restaurants and whatever like typically like the income for those people are not enough or barely enough to live to live so that's where like this wealth gap that you're saying is coming from and then that's where you see like people in Asheville have to have either like money already mm-hmm. um if you're gonna have like kind of a job like just working at a restaurant yeah or you just gotta like commute from like mm-hmm. other smaller cities close by like Hendersonville Canton yeah. shit like that so like those those are the suburbs that I was talking about. Like if people come to Asheville with not with not having the means, they'll go to these suburbs. But then at yeah. the same time, like you're not really living in the place you want to be. Yeah. You know, like you're next door to the place mm-hmm. you want to be. 
And uh, I mean, I feel like it's normal in a lot of cities to see homeless people or like people struggling mm-hmm. on the side of the road, especially like downtown areas. But it just seems like Asheville has an exceptional population of homeless people, an exceptional population of drug addicts. Like, I think that is probably a result of the huge gap in more people coming here to retire because they already have their wealth. And those people come here, they, you know, there's housing developments that are still blowing up that are mansions. You look at Biltmore Forest, you've got mansions. You look at like new apartment complexes that are popping up everywhere. There's a new sick ass hotel right in the middle of downtown that used to be a huge BB and T building, I think, and then they renovated it. Now there's million dollar penthouses in Have downtown Asheville. There? Have you been inside? No, I haven't been inside, but so I've nice. seen them. I've, I've been seen inside. it on videos. There's two of them right next door, They're across the street. AC Hotel was also like even a year yeah. or two before that just one like was ridiculous. built. That was just pimped out. Yeah, but the, so you have these you have these hotels and all these housing communities that are popping up that people are moving into that have a lot of money, and then you got fucking homeless people who are just like strung out on the road, sleeping on benches. Like you can see if you're at night, if you're just like riding around downtown Asheville, you're seeing homeless people all the time. If you're walking around, you're being approached by homeless people all the time. Dude, just the other day, I don't know I told you, if I told you about this, about a year ago, I was downtown walking and this guy approached me and he gave me this whole story about how he, he took a Greyhound bus here he was looking for a hostel. He only has this much like money, and he needs this much money to move into a hostel. And he, the story was, I've been getting contract jobs with like random companies and just doing like random work on the side, but I just need a little bit of money to get to this hostel. Do you think you could help me out? And basically, I, dude, I've been living in Asheville my whole life, so I just get tired of hearing that shit, and I'm just like, no, nah, I don't have anything. But that was a year ago probably a month ago not even a month ago me and my girlfriend were mobbing downtown just walking around we got approached by a man i didn't notice it at first it's the same fucking guy the same guy word for word he gives me the exact same fucking story that he's not from here he took a greyhound bus here he needs money for this hostel the exact same words dude so there's fucking people here who they're exploiting basically the wealthier people by just like begging for money, dude. Just like finessing people, like giving you a sob story. Well, like you also just see like a, like a shit ton of people almost at like not every stoplight, but like certain stoplights. every stoplight. Always like going to the mall like coming off that exit, those little strategic mall. fucking places bro. yeah like going onto i-40 like from that panera right there mm-hmm. coming off of i-40 coming into merriman yep like coming by the circle of mm-hmm. the courthouse like basically always there basically any like decently populated mm-hmm. like light like in Asheville, light. Yeah. you've got people standing there with cardboard boxes just begging for money and it's hard to have like empathy when you just see it all the time and Mm -hmm. it gets to a point where like we talk all the time about how you can make money so many different ways so sometimes to these people it's like fuck you dude 
Like, I don't, I don't know how you feel about giving money to people. I mean, like, I don't, I like, typically I, I say the same thing. When they come up to me and they're like, yo, like, help me out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't got anything. I don't got anything. Yeah. Especially people, like, especially people that go up to cars, like, with the signs and stuff, like, I'm not about, because I think, one, it's kind of, like, disrespectful, like, co- coming in my car like that. Like, yeah. As I said that, I was like, I can kind of already hear people be like they're just doing what they can to get money. But yeah. Like, um, I think it was Chris Dahlia, De- Dahlia, yeah, the comedian. I think I, yeah. He he said this shit. That I thought it was funny. Like, he was just like, I don't understand. I like, and I don't give money out to people that are poor and that ask for it, unless they're the people that stand at stoplights or stop signs with a uh. sign, because. You're literally doing a job already. Yeah. So if you really yeah, wanted money, like, yeah, you're doing a job. You're holding the sign is literally mm-hmm. a job. You can get middle wage by doing that mm-hmm. and holding a job for some fast food or whatsoever. Yeah. So go and do that instead of begging for money. I to, feel like, like they don't so, want a commitment. And that's partially why. Nine times out of ten, that's it's, partially why. Like I have like a hard time like yeah. trying to actually like want to help people. And like that are in situations like that because there's some people that are like, you had means to succeed, and people always do have means to succeed, especially this day um, and age. One hundred percent. So like, it's hard to be like, to hear the person come up to me and say like, everything's going to shit, and like people like some like we're in college and we sometimes say that shit where I'm like everything's bad it was a shit yeah. day everything mm-hmm. went south but like we're still eating yeah we're still I have a roof under our head we, we get to have, have a podcast family like yeah we have all this shit like we, <laughs> and sometimes we were like fuck people shit went south yeah even in situations like that not everything went south like and i guess at that point it's just a mindset but like there's things that he can do to like get himself going. There are sacrifices that he can make to make sure he gets himself going, and that's some things that people don't do. Cause it's like, even though it seems stereotypical, people that are homeless and are like they have or like a drug addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but if you truly wanted to get out of that fucking dark hole, like you have to make sacrifices, and that yeah. would be one of their sacrifices on like. Stopping the alcohol, stopping the drugs, stopping this or whatsoever. At the same time, the most I've done on helping people out, um, there's this guy. Every time I've gone to Bojangles, he's out there always asking for money. Never giving him money. But I always give him fucking the coupons that we get for school. Like our school does, like they have Bojangle coupons on the back of like uh, t- tickets of athletic games and shit. Every time I have some, I'll toss it to him. So I'm like, because sometimes that's straight food. Sometimes that's two for um, buy one get one free or buy yeah. this for like half the price mm-hmm. or whatsoever. So like, that's two meals or mm-hmm. one meal if he can raise up enough cash yeah to get it and then he can smartly yeah. utilize that as in like one yeah. or two meals or yeah. one day of eating or whatsoever and plus That's you got it for him. you got it for free and then you're just passing on to someone who yeah who needs it more than seems I like he needs but it like, yeah that's the like and i and I, i've heard people be like if i'm gonna give people food 
or I'm going to help someone, I'm going to give them food, or I'm going to give them coupons and shit, just so, like, you're not necessarily just handing it to them, mm-hmm. but you're handing them almost, like, a, a light in the dark room to get yeah. out. Yeah, Like, and yeah. I, I think that's more beneficial for the person, because, like, even, like, kids, when they grow up, if you hand them everything... You know are you doing the best? Yeah, are you doing the best for them to mm-hmm. turn out like successful, like hardworking mm-hmm. individual? Because it seems mm-hmm. like it seems like you have to be conditioned from a young age to like chase things and get things. Because like, dude, I mean, if you're just handed everything, then you're like, why am I gonna? It's the same way with asking for money on the side of the road. Like, if you just stand there and you're just handed money. Why are you gonna com- have like commit your time to a job and schedule all that shit? Because there's, there's got to be something else, and like I or think it's dr- it's got to be a job that's more physically demanding or yeah. mentally demanding, mm-hmm. or like just yeah. more demanding on your body if it's either emotionally, physically, or mentally. Why do that when I can just stand here, yeah. or even sit here sometimes and get m- money in my hand? Yeah, like sometimes I don't even have to walk to the car. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of that's one of my main issues with Asheville. Uh, like, not that I ha- not like I dislike that situation, but like I s- could see in the future Asheville continuing to have a problem with a large wealth gap. And uh, yeah, holy shit, this podcast has been going <laughs> yeah, for fifty seven minutes. Like, we, and I feel like we haven't talked about anything, anything good. Though. Yeah, like anything good. Like we kind of shat on this place, but like. There's a shit ton of breweries. Mm-hmm. There's a shit ton of like pretty nature's yeah. hikes. Yeah. And houses are beautiful, mm-hmm. built more forests. Mm-hmm. Like we go by and we. This run was more down of a critique road. of Asheville. Yeah, it definitely it was more was. of a critique, and that and that's fine. Like, but I will say I like Asheville a lot more than I dislike it. In fact, like I 100%. love Asheville. I agree. I 100% and the, agree. the older I get, the more I like Asheville. And I, I for me, like Asheville, I have a very close to my heart just because like um how much i've grown here i like thank Asheville for it because i like i don't think anywhere else i would have grown as a person mm-hmm. as much as i did here mm-hmm. um this is a challenging place to live i would say 100 percent, and i don't know it definitely has made me more i don't know if it like i don't know if i was in a different place like, if I said if I went to college in Chicago or fucking South Carolina, mm-hmm. if I would be as mature and as a strong individual mm-hmm. and as ambitious and everything that I am as a person, I don't know if I would be that person if I did not come here. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you would definitely not be the person you are I mean, right now yeah, if you didn't yeah. experience you in Seattle. Or Asheville in general. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't. But, like, would I ever meet those level of maturity, level of viciousness somewhere else? Like, I have no idea. Potentially. No one one knows. But, like, I love and appreciate the person Mm -hmm. that I am and and Mm -hmm. having those characteristics that I've grown into. um, Because coming here, like, I just like every fucking cliche, like, I didn't know kind of who I was. Yeah. Like, I had, like... No one of, does. I had this like. kind of 
characteristic or perspective on like mm-hmm. what I liked and what I didn't. But like I did truly find myself here, and I fucking love it. Yeah, I I do too, and I I don't want to like scare people away from coming to UNC Asheville. Like I think this is a fantastic place to go to school. It's dramatically changed my life. I would say. In good and bad ways, like, but I think that's with anywhere, but yeah, like, I think that probably wraps up the podcast, but yeah, I I don't want to completely shit on UNC Asheville, and I I do feel kind of bad, but I think this is great information for people to know, you know, if they're, especially if they're searching online, they want, like, they want the real deal on Asheville and UNC Asheville. Asheville's coming up and not just the university, Yeah, like, it is Mm -hmm. being more known than ever, especially, like, like, flat tire. The yeah. first brewery ever was in Fort Collins, Colorado, mm-hmm. and now it's the second ever um, brewery is here in Asheville. Yeah, um, it is being cut on the map, like it's tourist place, yeah. like the nature, mm-hmm. the southernness. I will, I will give a shout out. I know you don't drink alcohol, but you know, for people who love drinking beer, dude, and people who love drinking, uh, you know, any alcohol, Asheville, North Carolina, is a place you have to go. Beer it's beer city usa there's so many breweries microbreweries literally everywhere the, we, we got the pub cycle i mean <laughs> uh which it's is like fun. this little bike that you can ride around with a group and stop at different breweries pick up different beers and drink like while you're riding on the road but yeah so i'd say if, if you like beer come to Asheville. but um yeah dude that's uh, this podcast has been going for an hour so we're gonna cap it right here uh yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed some information about UNC Asheville, where we go to school, uh, also about Asheville. Um, super cool place to live, Western North Carolina. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this motherfucker has uh, been uh, latched to his phone now, so Dude, he's, got, have, he's got business to handle. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's I've, 6.30. I'm also, <laughs> I was supposed to be at fucking campus at six to fucking Ooh. study so okay so yeah thank you guys so much for listening and watching the podcast today as always uh, in the description below follow us on all our social medias my name is powers my name is keto this is a 50 50 podcast What? <laughs>